When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you talk about what you consider a good front for a Boston Terrier and kind of explain what what exactly you're meaning? Well, um, what we have a lot of is is a Boston Terrier with their legs tacked onto the front of their chest. So they they have the front more of a more of a terrier front where the front legs the front legs should be under the withers. They should, you should be able to drop a line down, um, you know, and, and hit the back of the leg basically from the withers down. Um, instead we've got fronts, we've got short upper arms. And so we've got legs that are pushed forward to the front of the dog and not underneath. Um, so structurally that is not as sound. It's not as balanced. Um, and what you get is, is dogs that move their legs up and down from more from the elbow rather than a reach from the shoulder. So that's an issue in the Boston. So what, what I want solidified in my program is, is a good chest on a Boston. Sometimes it's, there's just no chest there. Um, and, and that is an issue in, in general. We look at some of the pictures of some of the, you know, the, older dogs in the breed from the 50s and you go well, there's no chest there either so um in, in a boston should never be overdone they don't need these big giant chests on them they they don't need to look like uh oh like a doberman pincher with the big with the big fronts you know they, you don't want that the, the boston is a moderate dog but they should still have a chest and and the um the front legs should still be under the withers and man that should be a balanced dog um so that's that's what I mean as far as a good front. And, and what I really like is a nice, high-set, arched neck. You know, not something big and long, not something overdone. Just, you know, like I said, it's, the Boston is a moderate breed. Nothing should be overdone or over-exaggerated to the, where you notice that above everything else, except maybe their expression in their eyes. You know, that's that's what catches your attention. But it shouldn't be like, oh, wow, that is extra <laughs> you know on the dog so um but i like a, a well set neck and, and that's one thing that i really liked about um oh i mentioned that i kept back a, a male from my foundation stud and he had the most beautiful front he had that beautiful arched neck that beautiful shape um and i think if you've got a good front on a dog you're automatically going to have a better um a better looking neck, better night, uh, a better neck set. You're just going to have an overall better flow. Um, I just, I want, well, of course I want the whole package, but, um, that's something that I, I'm a lot more critical of, I think. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, I have that fixed in my program. I, there's some that I look at and go, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, need a better chest on that dog. But that is something that I really focus on and, and try to fix and to solidify. Mm-hmm. Um, I I describe them as as just a a little clown, 
um, you know, very um, fun-loving, but lovable, um, lots of energy. Um, as far as personality, I mean, they're, they're always just, they're with you. Like, what, what are we going to do now? Let's, let's, you know, let's go have fun. Um, that's their personality. Um, as far as their looks, I just think they're such a sharp looking little dog. You know, they're, they've got that tuxedo look to them. And I think they're just a, they're a balanced little dog. They're a nice little square dog with a beautiful head. Um, and, um, uh, as, as far as training, they are, they're pretty smart. They can be stubborn about some things. Um, you know, they can have some weird habits like, um, God, I've had them and I've talked to other breeders that say the same thing, you know, they'll finish the food in their bowl and then, you know, like lift a leg mm-hmm. on the bowl like that. That's my bowl. And you know, it's every once in a while, you're like, where does that gross habit come from? <laughs> but, um, you know, so sometimes I've heard people say, well, they're difficult to, to house train. And, and I have had some that have been difficult to house train. Um, but usually by, you know, they may take a few more months. I mean, but all of mine, by the time they're about a year, they're very consistent. They, you know, I've got multiple males in the house. They don't lift their legs in the house. Um, you know, they, they, even with girls in heat around, you know, most of the time, I can trust them about 95% of the time not to be whizzing around, you know, and, and marking around the house. So, um, I've got uh, my young ones will use a bell for the back door. So, you know, they're very good about going outside. So, um, sometimes it takes a little bit extra time and sometimes it can be a little bit stubborn, but for the most part, um, I mean, my guys are all pretty, um, well-trained as far as that goes. They're, they're very, uh, at least mine are, they're very, uh, food motivated. So, and I've had them, um, just a, a stack within sometimes within 10 to 15 minutes they'll they'll pick up how to do a stack and some of course are more natural than others um you know if you it's interesting if they come from a line of show dogs sometimes they'll they automatically just put themselves in a stack especially if they're a nice well-balanced dog um it doesn't take much to teach them at all but there's there's been some that you just i can teach them stuff with just minutes they figure things out and um and they're very uh they want to please their owners uh, which is very, very helpful when you're training them because you get their, you get their attention with with some other breeds. Some are aloof, you know, or they or they don't want to listen, or they kind of have their own ideas. Boston's are all about what you're doing and what you want. I mean, they, they're they're game, you know. They're like, okay, what are we doing next? What do you want me to do? And and I just I love that about them because they're you don't have to rack your brain trying to get their attention and, and trying to get them to get on board with whatever you're doing They're They're always just right there. So, um, you know, that's kind of sums up yeah, <laughs> the breed in general. <laughs> um, they're all, yeah, they're all loose in the house except for like the two boys. I don't let get together. They've never had any spats or anything, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to, going to risk it one of them is an is an import that i have basically on loan from a gary from a very good friend overseas so um you know i'm i'm (laughs) very very careful that that you know the boys aren't going to have any disagreements or anything so i do separate them um i've got um one female that doesn't 
like one of the other ones. So I'm, you know, I, I keep them separate. So I have a, um, I have a dog room that has a gate. Um, so I can have a couple in there and then the rest can roam the house and I can switch them out. However, um, I have a big backyard, um, that they can go play in and, and mine for the most part run together as a pack. They, they get along great. Um, you know, no, no real issues other than the two girls that don't really get along. Um, and, and, um, they actually haven't had, you know, any spats or any, anything in, in quite a long time, but I, you know, I don't give them any opportunity um but uh and then i have kennels at night some of them sleep out on the couch and hang out in the living room and and you know can wander the house at night um but like the younger ones that i know that are going to get into trouble they're going to you know go eat something they're not supposed to or they're going to you know get into mischief because they're still you know they're still puppies uh, you know in, in the brain so um those I don't trust or, or, um, you know, if I've got one of the boys out, I'll, I'll have the other one in a crate at night. So it's about half and half. Mm-hmm. They're, they're house dogs. I mean, they're, they're companion dogs. And I, I do know people that have them in kennels. Um, and I used to have a big issue with kennels, but you know, I know people that are, they're with their dogs, you know, full time. And so they're out playing with their dogs. They're getting all sorts of attention. They're getting more attention than a dog that, you know, maybe the owner works 50 hours a week and the dogs are in kennels all day or in, or in crates all day. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't say that the inside, you know, an inside dog is the situation is more ideal than an outside dog. It just depends on the situation and how much time that the owner has. Um, but, uh, yeah, minor, minor all house dogs. Um, and you know they get up on the furniture they they aren't allowed downstairs in our bedroom my husband actually has you know he says you know they pretty much have the rest of the house but we're going to have one room where they don't sleep on our beds or climb on our pillows or you know there's there's going to be a one sacred room in the house (laughs) that doesn't get overrun with dogs however when we have puppies of course we bring them downstairs and and i'll have them right next to our bed um so you know dogs aren't allowed in our room as as well but um typically when they're having puppies or something is, is when they'll be in our room but otherwise they, they pretty much have to run out of the house all right and it's a family affair for you guys it is is your husband and your your kids share your passion well, um, I do, I have one daughter that has shown, um, a little bit with me years ago and then she kind of, you know, she kind of lost interest in it. And then, uh, my youngest daughter, um, I have two daughters and a son and my, my youngest daughter, uh, showed for a while, really got into it. And it's pretty funny because she'll see, she'll see a Boston and go, you know, mom, that's, you know, that one is down nosed or that one the muzzle should be more square or I mean she'll point out things that I don't realize that she's picked up from me or from the show scene or or whatever and so she's she's got a lot of Boston knowledge she's very good at showing she would help me out um I had uh, two litter mates that I was showing and and she and I would go back and forth she'd win one day and I'd win one day and and it was it was really kind of fun I, I love getting beat by my daughter but um She's very good at it, but doesn't have as much interest in it now. You know, she's, um, you know, like when when uh, kids hit, you know, 15 and they discover boys and they sell their horse. Well, that's kind of, you know, she gets, that's where she's at right now is I don't care about showing dogs anymore. And, and uh, so, um, but she's, 
if she ever decided to get into it, I think, you know, she would, she would have a lot to, to offer. She's got a lot of knowledge that has, she's got tucked away that she doesn't use. Um, my son enjoyed going to the dog shows. He, I think, enjoyed more of it as a, you know, kind of a family affair, fun trips and things like that, you know. So um, everybody loves the dogs. My husband is a huge help um, with the transport business. I'm gone a lot or when I go to dog shows and stuff. Um, he is home and he takes care of the dogs and he's fantastic at helping out huge huge support um and um although he's not really into the showing and stuff he does like the dogs he sometimes doesn't like to admit it but <laughs> but you know he he curls up with the puppies and he plays with them and stuff and and so you know he's he's not very good at hiding the fact that he does like the boston a lot so <laughs> Some years I've gone like about every other weekend for, you know, probably eight months. Um, of course, with COVID, a lot of the shows were canceled, so I haven't gone to a lot lately. Um, but this year so far, I've probably hit uh, three or four regular shows and then it went to nationals um, in Tucson in May. And that was a lot of fun. Um, it was we, things were almost back to normal, which was really nice. We had nationals in Atlanta last fall, which was kind of it had to be rescheduled and it had to be kind of, you know, switched around with all the new regulations and everything. And a lot of things had to be redone. And, and so they they put it together the best they could. And it was it was a little odd, but everybody was so happy to, to go and and actually, you know, go to a dog show. And we, you know, there's pretty decent turnout considering people overseas couldn't come and a lot of people didn't want to travel or a lot of people were afraid of the risks. Um, so, um, you know, that was, it was, it was pretty cool. They were still able to hold one last year and then this year was almost back to normal. And I think next year it will be, you know, back to normal nationals again, but, um, you know, it's, it's been really nice to, to get back out in the ring again. And this last show that I went to in, uh, Canby, it was, it was so hot that, um, they allowed everybody to, to ditch the masks, um, which was really nice. And so it felt pretty normal, even though the temperature ranged from, um, 95 to 113 that weekend. <laughs> um, it was, it was really nice just to be back at the show. And I think a lot of people were, were willing to put up with that heat just to, you know, have that, have that fun and that camaraderie again. You, you really miss being around all your, your friends and the other breeders and, and going to the shows. And I'm pretty hooked. <laughs> oh, that's, God, that's a good one. Um, I don't know if it necessarily would take unlimited resources or, or time, but I, I am fascinated by the hairless breeds and I, and I don't think that's something that's even practical or something I would attempt, but I think the Sholos are just incredibly cool. Um, and the other, the Peruvian hairless, uh -huh. I think is a really cool dog. And I, I, I would love to just play around with them and maybe not get them and raise them and, and whatever. But I just think they're, they're, it's, it's different. It's fun. It's, you know, I, I think it would be fun just to play around with them. Um, 
you, you know, I, I, there's so many breeds that I just absolutely adore. Um, but that one just got my curiosity going, I think, is, is the hairless breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually been incredibly busy because people don't want to leave and they haven't been able to fly to travel. And um, a lot of what my business has been in the last year has been taking dogs back and forth across the border in and out of Canada right? Um, because the borders are shut down. So I am an, improve, an approved carrier to go back and forth. Um, so I can do it. It's, it's pricier for the, um, clients, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because they've got to go through a broker because it's a commercial transport. It may not be a commercial purchase or commercial import, but the transport itself is commercial. So there's some extra hoops they have to go through, but I can, I can make it happen. So people that have sent their dogs down for, uh, training and showing before COVID hit and can't get their dogs back, you know, I can. I can help them or, or people that have purchased dogs. A lot of people have purchased dogs in the U S um, and then can't bring them home. So, um, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of transporting puppies back and forth as, as well for their new owners. Um, so that has kept me local and it's kept me very busy. Um, typically I'd be taking, you know, three or four trips a year um, that are, pretty long distance, like I'll, you know, head to the East Coast or, you know, make a big loop down to Texas or, or something like that. Um, but I've been able to stay local and only have made probably two big trips in the last year that have taken me out of, you know, the Pacific Northwest. So, um, and then we've been doing a lot of flight nannying as well, you know, people not wanting to um, you know, be exposed or or they just don't want to leave. Um mm-hmm that has increased tremendously. My daughter's been helping me out with that. Um, you know, she'll, a lot of times she'll, uh, she'll go get the dog in another state. She'll fly it into Spokane. And then because the border crossings have to be done by ground, a lot of them all, you know, then take the dog and drive them across the border and we'll kind of like tag team this transport into Canada or I'll bring it out of Canada and then give it to her. And then she, you know, hops on a plane in Seattle and takes the dog to where it's going. So, um, we've been extremely busy and I don't know if it's all COVID or if it, a lot of it is word of mouth. I just have gotten a lot of inquiries and, and, uh, stayed, you know, super busy for the last year now. 